I'm Viren Garrihy and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter to feeling laughed at to their if I didn't laugh I'd cry moments. And there was a bull up in the field but he got through the fence upstairs and he fell down the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Landed on the flat roof. Wait till you hear now. Went straight through the flat roof into the bedroom. Okay, but the bull was absolutely a lunatic in the bedroom and they couldn't get him out because he was too wide for the door. Hotelier and, in my opinion, icon Francis Brennan is my guest this week. He tells me about the time he spent in hospital as a child, how he has always been impeccably dressed and the extraordinary lengths he goes to to prove he's the best uncle anyone could ask for. I hope you enjoy. Francis Brennan. You are extremely welcome to the laughs of your life. Well, we'll have a few laughs anyway, hopefully. We do generally we do when we when I chat to people. So. Well, we had a few laughs a minute ago because you were slagging my filing system. Oh, yeah. Is it, it doesn't leave a lot to be desired now during like sheets of paper. But now I have to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't be far from you, but I never missed an appointment. So it works. <laughs> exactly. And I'm twice your age plus, I'd say. It doesn't matter if so. you're scatty as long as it's all together in your head. Absolutely. And yeah. the bits of paper do help now. When I go home, I have those little bits of paper with things written on them and I leave them kind of then that I see them the next day right. and I'll be more au fait with where they're to go to be on the right date and whatever it might be. Would you be a fan of post-its? No, never post Do you know why? Why? Because they cost money. Right. I, I, you'll think, oh my God, what is he like? But you have to buy post-its. Yeah. My printer in Cork, Aidan O'Mahony, does printing like a big print works and he has always ends which is like maybe four inches by four inches of pages left and he cuts those up right mm. and he gives them to the park and we use them at the phones because you use millions of them every day there's not no cost I take a handful home and I write just like you have your little bits of paper there well actually yours is a lovely coloured sheet with a big crest on it what's the crest? It's a lion a lion a yeah. lion's head yeah very nice they're very salubrious compared to my plain whites which I write my notes on but that's brilliant that's sustainable yeah good all, for the planet be delighted with me because I waste nothing. Good. Waste not one, not. No. Okay, we start at the beginning, Francis. Off you go now. What's the first question that you have in your mind? Francis Brennan, your first memory of laughter. Now, uh, this is interesting, all right, because I have very few memories. The earliest absolute memory I can remember is being making my going to going to my confirmation. That's a bit funny now. Uh, we lived in Sandyford and we used to get the bus sometimes in Dundrum because the 44 didn't come too often. And I was walking down from our house down to Dundrum to get the bus. And I can remember as clear as day walking with a lovely new blazer and my medallion in its rosette and a school cap because we had a school cap uh, going to make my confirmation. And I can always remember that. But earlier than that, I'm very shaky. But really? Yeah, which is age, funny. That, that's age, what, 11, 12? Yeah, no, 11 that? or 12. Now, I did spend an awful lot of time as a youngster in hospital, all right, because mm. I had a bad leg that I was born with, all right. And I was in and out of Kappa lot, in and out of the matter. I had 11 operations. So I would have been maybe all of those. Well, it wasn't trauma because my mother said I was never in bad form. Um, maybe all those things kind of took care of all that time or it was just kind of trauma time. So I just don't want to remember it. Yeah, you block it out. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe so. They say that that's a natural kind of human thing you do, that you just, if there's a things like that in your life, yeah. you just naturally block it out. You don't yeah. want to think about it. Yeah, it's the kind, it might have been a bit of trauma. You know what I mean? But yeah. and the one thing I can remember then when I was in, I can, when I was 11, now I don't know what age I made my 
confirmation out, I suppose it might have been 12. But anyway, at 11, I was 11 years age, I was in Kappa for a big operation. I was in there for five or six months. And I had to call it, I, I always remember Fawcett Circus came because we were there. I was there over Christmas. And I can remember laughing so much at that, which is a nice memory. And always when I see Fawcett Circus, you know, and they went through the mill there some years back with bankruptcies and all sorts of things God helped them I used to think oh no and they were so good to come to Kappa to look like and I'm uh, at the age I am now I know but I can still remember the joy they gave us when they came to the hospital so that'll be a lovely happy memory from those times I think it's no coincidence that one of your the, the first memory you spoke about is how you were dressed going to your confirmation were you always very particular yeah. about the way you looked yeah I was yeah and I don't know where that comes from but like I, in college I would wear a shirt and tie every day no you wouldn't yes absolutely yeah Absolutely, yeah. I did. And would you iron it every morning? Oh, well, no. The mother ironed me shirts of those days. She was great. <laughs> but I would always, I like, I, I just dressed like that. I mean, the, any photographs of me, like at 13, 15, 18, it's always just a jacket and tie or whatever. It was always a tie. Yeah, I, I, I dressed like My father was a grocer, okay, in Stepaside and Milltown originally and then moved to Stepaside in, in, in Dublin. And dad used to dress every morning in a white coat, with the buttons now, you they're like the buttons that you put on modern day um, evening shirts. They come out, you know, the whole thing, the whole, all the buttons come out. You'd have to put them in and put a little stay on the back of them to hold them in. Dad used to get, and my mother would iron, wash and iron one of those. Every morning of his life, he got a clean coat going to work. So I, he was always stylish. Okay. Oh, then well, then good, that's where it came from. Yeah, I suppose. It, and I have a good story then about, they got married in 1951. All right. And mum and dad, uh, they lived in Milltown for a while. And then we moved up to Sandy Fort, just to Bilali there. And we, um, uh, dad had bought a, a taily coat, you know, like a Fred Astaire, mm. you know, the, the dancing coats, not the, you know, the two, two tails on the back. Yeah, lovely. Exactly. And he had bought it. He didn't rent it, which most people probably did. Right. So it was always in the wardrobe and I used to dress up in the coat and I used to think I looked the business and I think I'd be able to dance like Fred Astaire or whatever it was. Okay. And then they had plans to move to Sligo in the mid 60s to open a hotel or a guest house, which fell through. It didn't happen. But I kept thinking, oh, and I could be in the taily coat in charge in reception or because I presumed it came from a hotel, the coat. Uh, or I could be in the restaurant head waiter and I could look at the business anyway it never happened I never wore a tilly coat in my <laughs> entire time although I bought loads of them because uh, my head waiters when we had uh, head waiters in the day they always wore a tilly coat yeah. uh, over the years I probably bought five or six of them for them yes never, right never, never for myself never and donned one yourself no and never did I get to wear it <laughs> But maybe those little, you know, little plants like that are Absolutely. put into your mind. But I always kind of dressed like, yeah, I'd always like to be properly dressed. Pride in your appearance. Yeah. Francis, the first time that you felt laughed at, can you recall that? Mm. Now, OK, um, uh, sort of uh, when I, I always remember too when, yeah, I actually do remember not, I'm not sure I was laughed at, but I presumed I was laughed at. And that was when I went from wearing short trousers to wearing long trousers. Right. Because I thought everybody in Ireland would know that I changed from short trousers to long trousers. Now, in those days, youngsters didn't wear long trousers. This is all before your time. This must sound like 90 years ago. Right? <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Uh, I love it. Y- young fellas didn't wear long trousers. They wore short trousers. Okay? okay. So then you moved when you kind of maybe went to first year in school or wherever. I don't know when you actually moved into the long trousers. But anyway, I moved into the long trousers. Okay. And... I thought everybody would be laughing because I'm wearing long trousers. But nobody noticed, only to myself. But I did go out the morning, the first morning I can remember thinking, oh, no, I'm going to have to face the world now in these trousers, which was fine. And then years later, 
I, I went to college, to Dublin College of Catering, and I graduated and all that. And then I was working in Cork, and I was the number two man, which meant that you would wear striped trousers, you know, the sort of wedding trousers, evening wear yes. trousers. Okay, I had those, and a black jacket and a tie and all the rest, okay. And then I moved from there to Kerry, and I became the general manager. Well, the general manager doesn't wear that uniform. I had to wear a proper suit, like a real suit. And I kept thinking, even though I was now in my early 20s, right, I thought, you know, nobody will know who I am. Like, a suit gives you a great definition, course, you know. And I imagine it's the same for, like, if you're a policeman or you're a fireman, the uniform gives you a presence that you don't have when you stand in jeans and a sweater. Totally. So when I went to, to Cork, uh, to work in Kerry, I thought, they'll all say, who's your man in the suit? Like, what, what, who's he? Like, is he a guest or is he the real thing? <laughs> so, because the stripes gave you a definition. But you have to fake it till you make it. Well, yeah, so I got away with it anyway. I'm here now, so I'm fine. I'm out. I'm out the other side now. I couldn't care less what to think. <laughs> and what about school and college for you? Have you any memories of then feeling laughed at, or because you seem like someone who has always been very sure of themselves? It doesn't feel like you kind of developed that later in life. I think you're someone who was always sure of yourself and that even if people were laughing at you for whatever reason, you wouldn't have really cared. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was always sure of myself because even to this day, you know, you say to me now, run down there to the Olympian, stand up and talk to 400 people. I could faint. You could not. Yes, yes. But yes. you can go on the late late and have the chat. Ah, that would be a tr- And chatting to yourself around that, no trouble at all. But, you know, standing up in front of a big crowd, I sometimes get, <gasps> okay. I'm going to die. I know, no one would ever know. But I know yeah. that I could die. All right. So that, you know, and oftentimes people that are confident or come over that way are quite shy. And That's true. Personally, I would I would always say I'm more shy than anything, even though I would pers- my persona would be, oh, he's not ask him. It's not a bother. He'll do anything. All right. Um, so, you know, it is a bit it's, it's kind of like I can but, relate to that because yeah. I, I would be quite an extroverted person you know, when I'm with people, but I do love my own time. Yeah, do you like your quiet times, you see? Lo- I love yeah. it. Yeah. I Sometimes, like a day like today, I'll go home tonight now, up to my room, don't yeah. want to talk to anyone. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, I'd have to case times like that. In the summer now, when it'd be working, you could be working six or eight, I could be working six or eight weeks on the trot without a day off or anything. Yeah. I know it's busy talking to people all day long. And you know, when season opened, we used to close the hotel like in January, February, and we'd open then in March or whatever it was. Um, whereas we open much longer now but in those times and then when you'd open up I would be exhausted because you're not used to talking yeah. you know your throat would be giving you trouble and the whole thing would be bad so I mean time on your own sometimes it's lovely and then in January I used to always go away for a week I, and I'd look for somebody somewhere like Marrakesh or um, uh, what do you call it uh, Egypt or somewhere where there wouldn't be anybody that would know me yeah. this is now before I was famous almost famous I, I said <laughs> celebrity be, status yeah, before I was before I was famous I would go away to somewhere where I wouldn't be noticed yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. and I could sit and read my book and just be nobody which is a, a, a nice experience so your own time is important to you yeah very very important but I don't get a lot of it no you know? no but that's fine too that's alright yeah okay the moment, Francis, where if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Oh, this now. Well, I was trying to work this out and I don't cry very much, so I wouldn't, it wouldn't relate to me so much. But I always remember we had a um, moment, my mother lived in Sligo and we used to go up and down, you know, any chance we got and dad would drive us down. We used to go through Carrick and Shannon and there was friends of ours that lived there and they had a bed and breakfast. And oh, this is now we in the 60s, early 70s. And then uh, as the years went on, the business got better and better. So they kept building extra rooms and they ended up anyway, finally at the cliff at the back of their house, down the garden where they had built all these rooms, uh, right into the cliff with a flat roof, the bedroom and everything was fine. So anyway, um, 
their father died on Good Friday, right, which is not a good day to die in mm-hmm. the Catholic Church because everything is kind of closed and it's not really, it's, it's, you know, there's so many ceremonies going on. So anyway, the funeral wasn't going to be until Easter Monday. That would be the first day they could have it. So anyway, they had the bed and breakfast and people were coming and going. Then you couldn't get married during Lent. I must sound like 105 now. <laughs> Everything is so far back. But anyway, they couldn't get married in Lent. They And they, they then Easter Monday would be the first day you could get married. So it was a big, like a big day for a wedding. So yeah. they had, they had the hotel, the bed and breakfast was full because it was the wedding whatever it was okay so when we during the night the Sunday night um, their father uh, he, well he was taken to the church and then that was fine and then on the Sunday night they had this ha- room had been built back into the cliff and the cliff was say 30 feet high or whatever okay mm. and then there was a field and there was a bull up in the field but he got through the fence upstairs and he fell down the cliff <laughs> yeah landed on the flat roof wait till you hear now went straight through the flat roof into the bedroom okay and they went, the, they were getting organised that morning when they realised, but the bull was absolutely a lunatic in the bedroom and they couldn't get him out because he was too wide for the door. No. Yes. So they had to leave him in the room. Okay. They had no room for the bride and groom coming for the wedding, right, which would be like, uh. and in Carrick and Shannon in the 60s and no more than Ken Mayer and maybe Ballybone and everywhere else, there wasn't many rooms, right? So yeah. you'd be really in trouble. Uh, and they went to the funeral and they were, see, they were in hysterics. There's, those the daughters and son now and the, you know the way you get that terrible I'm laughing but I'm really crying yes. because I'm at my father's funeral but I can't stop laughing because there's a bull in the bed at home and how are we going to and you know they had to leave him there for that day and they, they got her bedroom for the bride and groom or for the wedding couple that were coming which was fine but the next day they had to take the jar they had to take all the wood off the door and sedate the, the vet had to sedate, sedate the bull and they had to pull him out the hall and up the house yeah that's true <laughs> So, Stop. would you be laughing or would you be crying? Oh yeah. my God! I thought it fitted that category just perfect, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. So it was what to call it. It was. It was. Oh, uh, was the bull injured or was he? What? what well, I suppose. He? Well, how would you be if he fell down thirty feet through a roof? <laughs> I'd say he probably had a sore foot or a sore hip or a sore bum or something. Anyway. <laughs> but that's why I'm surprised he had to be sedated. I thought he'd be in bits. No, but a bull. You know, when a bull gets raging. I mean, a raging bull. You've heard that expression, and there's a movie called "The Raging Bull." Bull in the china shop, bull in the bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all those things. So, if you upset a bull, he's not a happy camper. No, so they uh, they had to look after him anyway. That's so, a good story. Yeah, it is a good one. That's yeah. it. That's now, it's, that's it's in one of my books now. That story. Oh yes, yeah. lovely. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, I've showed myself up now. Yeah. I haven't watched one. Which book is that now? You know, I can't even remember because <laughs> I, I have the, I have this many. So. <laughs> Um, I'm, what you call I've it? lost I, track of my. No, my no, push. I know. It's, it's, I think it's probably in. Is in the first, first or second book? I'm not sure to be honest. It's, it, it's, 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 it's like it's a true story. Love it. Okay, Francis, your no laughing matter moment in life. Um, I, I'm not sure about this one now at all. Okay, because. Uh, um, I suppose it's, it's, it's probably when somebody dies would yeah. be the time when you'd be more upset about that type of thing. All right. Now, and I do know when my dad died and he's died well over 30 years now, he's dead. Um, I was in Whistler in Canada. Now, Whistler is 35, 40 miles from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And Vancouver is like 3000 miles from New York and New York is 3000 miles from Dublin. So dad died on Sunday, I remember. And a friend of mine, well, my my brother rang me to tell me and my father hadn't been well for many years so it was a release God bless him because he had emphysema and he had really suffered badly and what were you doing in Whistler? I was working we were on the Irish tourist board route like we were doing we, we used at that time we used to go to America about maybe 35 or 40 of us like people in car hire hotels coach companies travel agents we'd all go from Ireland and we'd all travel as a group and we'd go into a city like New York or we were up, we were in Vancouver that, that time mm-hmm. okay and we would present a show 
to the travel agents of Vancouver. They would invite maybe 200 travel agents in. There was much more travel agents then than there are now. Again, oh my God, here I go. I'm, <laughs> nine, I'm, nine, I'm 110 now. There'd be, uh, we'd invite all the travel agents in and they would come in and we'd present to them. Okay, and we'd work away and then we would move on. We'd pack up all our goods and tra- chattels and we'd move on from there then to the next stop, which could be, say, San Francisco the next day. Mm-hmm. So we'd travel, we'd work until four o'clock in the day and then we'd leave Vancouver and we'd go, fl- go to the airport and we'd fly then and we'd go into San Francisco, set up our show for the next morning, work from nine to four again and hit the road. And we used to do five days a week. Now, listen, it was murder. All right. And one year, John, my brother, who works with me in Kenmare, mm-hmm. uh, he decided to come with us. All right. No, he, he decided he, t- he wasn't working in Kenmare time now he was working he took his holidays two weeks and he came out as what we call the bagman because we used to have all these boxes with brochures and maps and pull-up stands and all sorts of things that were part of the show okay yes. so it was like, that was like those 180 boxes in that area alone of things all right so we always had somebody to mind those that would like get them to the airport put them on the plane count them when they came off the plane so we wouldn't be missing anything and move on then to the hotel right. so john came out as that person and he got uh, when we got as far as Los Angeles, he got chicken pox. <laughs> really bad now. Oh, oh my God. God, he was so sick. God help him. And we were in the Century Plaza Hotel, which is a very nice hotel down there. Okay. And we were, we were all staying there. And I, we got the doctor for him. All right. And the doctor came anyway. And the doctor said, was he traveling? Are you know, are you traveling on your own? And and he went, he was going to say, no, I'm with the Irish tourist board because I knew where it was going. They, were, they would quarantine oh, everybody. Stop. Yeah. Can you imagine? What did you say? Left in. I'm behind him. All right. The doctor. And I'm going to John. So John got it anyway. John says, no, just me and Francis are traveling together. So I said, I have to, I have business tomorrow and I have to move on. But I said, it'll be fine. So anyway, wait till you hear the end of it. So uh, he, um, we, we left, we had to leave him in the hotel and they had to quarantine him in the hotel for five days. So he stayed in the bedroom of the hotel for five days. Like the bull. Yeah, like the bull. Exactly. <laughs> but he, was, he wasn't raging. He was so sick. He didn't care less. But in the hotel lived Telly Savalas, you know. Um, yes. Kojak. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's a bit before your time. No, you I know. Heard of him, I you? know. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, for those that don't know, he was a detective and he was as big as, who's the big detective on television today? Oh. Endeavour or some of those programmes that, right, that okay. you watch. That sort of yes. serious programme. Yeah. yeah, Netflix. Exactly. <laughs> is that Netflix? Endeavour? What's the BBC? Oh, sorry. Is it? I haven't a clue. I don't know. No, I don't know either. But I know that, like he was a de- detective on the television and it was very good. Yeah. So anyway, he, um, he was in the hotel. So he heard that there was an Irish fella. Right. And he used to go down to see him every day. And he didn't care less about the quarantine because he said he had had mumps and or, um, chicken pox and stuff before. Yeah. And, they used, and the hotel used to leave us food, you know, like rightly so. They'd knock on the door and leave the food down and run. <laughs> <laughs> the, the waiters are the, the things here. Yeah. Anyway, that was where. Uh, now, I'm going off the point now. No, we were, no, that's no we were in. Oh, yeah. No, I was coming home for, for dad being sick. Yes. Right, right, dad had died. Yeah. But that was. Um, yeah. So anyway, they phoned me. It was a Sunday, I remember. They phoned me to say that I died and I'm in Whistler. So then I had to get from Whistler to Vancouver, arrange a flight. I always remember when I got to New York, I always remember how good Aer Lingus were in the circumstance, all right? Because they picked, they met me at the plane, like coming down the steps and they took me in a car to the lounge and they looked after me until the time I had to go, right? Mm-hmm. And come back then on the plane and then fly back. And then I had to drive to Sligo. So it was a long, long, long way. So, you know, to be on your own all that distance and your dad just passed away. So it was, that was the, probably the worst time. Yeah. Yeah. Tough going. Yeah, it was tough enough. And yourself and John, you're very close. Yeah, we are. We're our brothers, you know. You kill each other too. No, not really. We never did. But you see, John is 11 years younger than I. Yeah. So when he became of age of like 10 or 11, I was gone. That's true, actually. You know, so I only really got to know John when he came to work with me in Kerry. Yeah. He worked in Sligo Park as a, in the hotel in the marketing area of Sligo Park That's for funny. many years. 
and then he came down to work with me and but like I didn't really know him yeah it's funny isn't yeah. it my, my dad is one of 11 All right. and sure he wouldn't know his youngsters so he was he was one of the younger ones oh, he was, he? He was oh, yeah. the third youngest but even not only does he kind of not feel like he really knows the elder siblings, they all have really different memories of childhood. Of course. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For the older ones, it was a lot tougher because they were almost raising yes, the, the smaller ones. Yeah, and the yeah. younger ones were kind of just... And what's the difference now between so the my eldest and the, and the youngest? The roughly. eldest, roughly, she would have been probably 21, oh, yeah. the eldest, oh, yeah. when the youngest was born. Oh, yeah. Actually, my nana, my, my cousin is older than my uncle. So my oh yes yes yeah so so the eldest girl had a baby and yeah. my nana wasn't finished having her baby yeah. <laughs> how mad is that yeah anyway yeah. this isn't about me this is about no, you Francis that's hard to follow up that now that lovely on <laughs> who do you think you are or what is it they were saying who are you what are you where are you <laughs> put your name down there in the spot <laughs> okay Francis the person that you always laugh with oh yeah. Uh, I have a good friend, Liz O'Mahony, who worked with me for many years. All right. Uh, we worked in Parkness Hill together and we had a, listen, we just had, good, we just had great fun. Do you know, it was, only, it was like I was only, it was my first job uh, from college and we worked. Well, I know when I left Parkness Hill and I was only there a year and a bit, they owed me 72 days because I didn't, I worked like 70 days over and above. Stop. Yeah. And it never worried me. I never even noticed because I loved it. OK, but we used to work together very well. But we went then year, then we lost each other for years because she went off working elsewhere and I went off working. Elsewhere. And then um, we, we I was going to the silly every year I take the staff on holidays. Yes. So I take 40 to 50 people away for four day, four to seven days. OK, wherever it would be. And we go off to wherever. OK, so one year I was planning on going to the Silly Isles, which is off the coast of Cornwall down uh, in south, very southern part of England. And I went over with, and this came with me, we went over prior to, to make sure everything was in order because it was, we had to go by Skiorsky helicopter from Portsmouth out to the islands and it was very complicated. And we were going in the, we went like the first week of December. So the weather wasn't have been as good, but we had a fantastic holiday. But anyway, we went down to, um, to uh, set up the holiday and we were sitting, we were going from one island to the next early morning, maybe half nine on a boat, like a ferry just across, mm-hmm. maybe 20 minutes or half an hour across. And we were sitting on the wall of the, pier and it, this area is for bird watchers now which they call twitchers that's the term you use for a bird watcher right. I believe all right and anyway these two arrived and I was looking and I thought oh my god look at those two they look really funny all right anyway then two more arrived and then two more now they weren't connected they were like individual people but they were exactly the same they had like I would call it MS sandals open toes all right <laughs> and she had a flowery dress from 1930 and right. he had a floppy hat to keep the sun off him and all this okay anyway by the time the boat came we must have had 40 couples which to me were absolutely stamped out of the same factory out of the same clothes out of the same thing. all bird twitchers they did not know each other they didn't talk to each other and we started to laugh and you know as as each extra one came around the corner <laughs> it just got hysterical right we, I had a pain in my stomach for the whole day because we laughed you know a really good belly laugh the best and we, we often and listen it was so simple yeah. but it was so right because <laughs> if another one comes around the collar I'm going to fall into the sea because I'm in hysterics <laughs> so that always I always remind That's that the it's like time. the sort of you know that sort of you know when you're in the church I was speaking about my friends at Carrigan Channel when you're in the church and you want to laugh but you can't laugh because yeah, oh you're yeah. in the church but that's the best kind oh sure I know yeah that's, and when, that you, was, when you're definitely not supposed to be laughing is when yeah. you absolutely should laugh and, no. and it's the best kind and that was the time I always remember and we had a fantastic holiday down there it's such a beautiful place um, the, the Silly Isles like it's on the Gulf Stream like ourselves in Kerry but it gets it much more than we do yes. so I always remember that that was the first week of December we were there and like all the daffodils were out 
Yeah. And we had we played cricket against the locals, which we had to clue about cricket. Oh, I have a good story on cricket too. I'll tell you that in a minute. Um, and then they, we played a GA match. OK. And then we played a soccer match. So we had great fun with the locals, you know. Brilliant. Now, people say to me to play sport and I don't. You really I'm immersed yourselves though that time. Yeah, we had. Okay. No, we had a good time. But I'm not a sport player now. OK. You know, not at all. No. No. Would you be a walker even? No, because I have a bad foot. That oh, I'm yeah, not good on yeah, the foot. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not good on the walk. And in fact, I was away filming. I'm only back two weeks for the next uh, Grand Tour show that's yes. coming up in October now from RT. And I was away filming and I ended up. Uh, I was on a cruise ship like we were doing the workings of a cruise ship and then we did three visits off ship to yes. to um, we were up in the Baltic we were in Sweet, um, Stockholm uh, St. Petersburg and Tallinn we went to the thing okay and I was on the ship and I had to change my clothes because one one half a morning I was a captain half at the afternoon I was a head waiter then I was the chef then I was a waiter then I was the wine waiter then I worked in the laundry then I was the tailor then I was up on the bridge mother of mercy Stop. but I was running up and down the ship like and my foot got so sore oh flip okay. yeah flip it was like I thought no I don't need this now because my room was the last room of the ship oh, way up one end oh, and of course God. we'd be way down the other end Yeah. so I just have to be careful all the of time when I'm, when I'm walking so I wouldn't be a walker now at all But and sport I didn't play any sports as a kid because I was in calipers for like seven or eight years okay. and I had all these operations so but I, do you know what it is I never would have played sport anyway I no, just no, weren't no. Into it. get my hands dirty and all that couldn't bear it <laughs> no. so. you were you were talking a few minutes ago about uh, how you did 72 days more work than you should have oh yeah you seem like someone who you know work ethic and showing up and being on time and looking well and all that's important yeah do you think that people these days younger people they're kind of letting that slip a little yeah, bit yeah very much they're yeah. soft yeah like the other day now at the hotel I was I was way filming and then I came back and then we had a new member of staff and I arrived maybe home about 10 to 4 in the afternoon and I got out of the car and he's a nice young lad. Oh, he says, Mr. Brennan, I'm... And he shakes hands and says, I won't say his name, uh, shakes hands and says his name. And the first thing I said to him, listen, you have to shave every morning. Yeah. And he says, oh, I know, I was late. No, I said, are you listening to me now? You can't be late and you have to shave every day. So... I met him this week again, right? Because mm. he, he was doing exams, so he was missing for a kind of 10 days in the middle. Yeah. And he gave me a wink and he says, I, I'm shaving every day. Ah. And I thought, well, but you see, someone else could take him inside and give him a bit of dressing down and all the rest. But yes. the way I said it to him was just yeah, nice. Casually. You know, yeah. But there is an element today where people don't dress like they used to know. Yeah. You know, and that's not, that's just with the age. And what about girls? Would you want girls to have a bit of makeup on, have their hair tidy? Yeah. Yeah, we just, listen, I love this now. When I'm interviewing yeah. and I say to them and, and and you just, and this sums up everything and you have to wear a sensible pair of shoes. That covers everything now. Perfect. They're not, uh, what do you call those big uh, boots oh, yes. or, yeah, or Doc Martens. Or, oh yes. Do you know what I mean? Trendy yeah. stuff. No, well no, they can't be because first of all you have to work in them so you need to be in comfortable shoes, yeah. right? Okay, but I always say and you have to wear a pair of sensible shoes and that kind of gets it, you know. But we do have like we don't. We can't have piercings, or we can't have like oh, tattoos okay, visible or anything okay. like that. That's not. It's, you know, it's just we just have to watch all that type. And of what thing. if someone said to you, "I'm a feminist. I don't feel like I have to do this. I don't. Ha- I don't feel like I have to wear makeup. I don't have to tidy hair." Well, what I'd would you say, say? I'd say, "Oh, I, absolutely." I said, "Your choice is everything. Thank you very much. I'll be in touch." <laughs> Isn't that good? That's perfect. Don't offend. <laughs> don't say anything. But I'm in charge. Diplomatic. Yeah. Exactly. Lovely. Exactly. It's a good way to put it. <laughs> Okay, Francis, a time where you had the last laugh. And I don't want to hear that you're not a last laugh kind of person. Yeah. Everyone likes to have the last laugh. Um, I, I, <laughs> uh, 
the ki- well, we, I took the kids, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, all my nieces and nephews, of which I have 11. I took them to Las Vegas for um, the treat now, to be honest, right? We, I did two treats in their lifetime and they still talk about it. So that's fine. They have a lifetime treat, which is fine. Are you the best uncle in the world? I, I have been a very good uncle. I've only one to go now. Once, we'll hear this, once they're 21. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I never missed a birthday or Christmas for their whole life. And they're now 21, okay? And they get at 21, Two tickets for around the world, themselves and a friend. All right. Now, don't look so surprised. It's not a ton of money. Funny enough, people think it's an awful lot of money, but it's not. I just give them the two tickets. I give because if you give them one, they can't really go on their own and no. their friend won't be able to afford the ticket. Yes. So I give them two tickets for around the world and they never get a birthday card or a hello or nothing thereafter. Good luck and goodbye. Yeah. That's it. They know they're out the door and they're gone. And I only, I've only one to go. All right, that's John's Perfect. young fella, um, uh, Ruth. She's 19. She's 20 now, just coming up 20. And she'll be the last. Lovely. So, so that's it. But um, I, what was the question? I can't remember what you asked. The time where you had the last laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we took them to Las Vegas, OK? And we had one of these big stretched, you know, 15 seaters. OK? Lovely. So it was great. And we were, everything was grand. Right? And when I go in for petrol, you see, I'd hear them talking in the back. Because in Las Vegas, they have these, you know, um, newspaper stands in containers you know you put 25 cent in you pull it out and you yes. take out the newspaper and they have loads of them and then they have ones you know that are not for youngsters if you know what I mean you can rent by the hour the things that are in them alright so they they will be theirs and then there will be ones other ones as well you see so anyway when we'd stop at the petrol station I go in to pay you see I knew there was always the run out Ian and get, get one you get one you see they'd be dying to get one yeah. because some of them weren't now 15 and 16 right so anyway um, I I we went in to pay and I came out and I saw the door closed and you see and I saw Ian going in and I, and I knew he had one of them in his hand you see and he's putting it down really putting it down under the seat you see so I get in and there's dead silence in the car not a word you see because they know they've yeah. done wrong yes. technically it wasn't wrong at all but it was fine but he had got the magazine so everything was great yeah. so I take off and, I'd say, and I said then I'm looking in the mirror you see and I said now what was going on when I was in the shop or paying no no nothing nothing you know uh, Rachel or Ruth or whoever it was to say, okay, I'd say, well, that's fine. Okay, I think something was going on. So, Ian, put your hand under the seat and pass up what you got, okay? So, anyway, he, I, I, so I'm looking, you see, so we're driving along, you see, so he puts his hand under the seat and he pulls out, you see, but in his haste to get there and back quickly, all he had got was an apartment magazine for <laughs> apartments to rent. <laughs> So all his planning, all his running, all his secret, and the whole lot of them with him on it, all right? They got no uh, uh, dodgy magazine. They only got, about, you know the way they have ones for all apartments for rent and sale and all the rest. A real estate one. So I he, love it. He opened the wrong box, got that. So we had the last. Sure, we died laughing anyway, yes. so it was good. They got, they got the funny side of it too. I love it. Okay, Francis Brennan, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be for you? Do you know, as simple as walking down Dunleary Pier and an ice cream in Teddy's thereafter. I can think of nothing better than to walk. I love Dunleary Pier. And I think Ryan Trubbery is the same. He loves it. He, he yeah. loves it. Yeah, I love it. I love to walk down, look back at the city and look out over the bull wall away over to Hoth and all that. Just think it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and, and it's a, a great day. walk. Yeah, and it's a great walk and there's always a breeze. The East Pier there. Yeah. Yeah, the long one. Yeah, the long one. Yeah, you're well, right. You'd out. have to go on my dad's boat. Have you heard of my dad's business? No. Dublin Bay Cruises. Oh, yeah, sorry, I did. I did, I did. And then you're involved with the Doolan Ferries. Yes. Well, that, that's well, ye, is Doolan it? Doolan to in Ferries, Francis. Yeah. Doolan Ferries are not, oh. they're kind of our competitors. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the Park Hotel elsewhere. 
yeah, I know, I know. You have to say the Park Hotel, Ken Mayer. Exactly. Yeah. No, very good. Oh, yeah, that's grand. And yes. is, how is that going, that whole boat? It's going is very it? good. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Corporate bookings are really busy. Yeah. So they're between Dunleary, the city centre and Hoth. All right. So they pull oh, up they the Samuel Becker Bridge oh, as yeah. well. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and can you get on it there? Yes, like, you, yeah, you can yeah. get on or off like yeah. accordingly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. they do um, Ireland's Eye cruises. Then they do evening cru- cruises around Docky Island. Yeah, that'd be terrific now on a lovely evening, wouldn't it, to go off there? Well, yeah. we'd be delighted to have you on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be great now if there was a hen party in Dublin or something to could see. Wouldn't it be great? Something sure, like that's, that. We've loads of hen parties. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Sure, no, I just way ahead of you. Francis. I'm only thinking of what business you might get. Twenty first or hen parties or bar mitzvahs or whatever it might be. Very good. Anyway, Dunleary Pier, love it. Ice cream, Teddy's ice cream. Yeah, I wish you can't beat a Teddy's. Have you ever, you've had a Teddy's yeah. ice cream, have you? Bit yeah. of raspberry sauce. Yeah. Lovely. yeah, yeah, lovely. Okay, your quick fire round. Are you ready for this? Oh, go on. Off you go. The movie you always laugh at, Francis. Oh, what do you call it? My Cousin Vinny. I love it. And I give it out of the hotel. You know, every room has a DVD. I give it out of the hotel more than anything. Everybody. And, and people that wouldn't have seen it come back in hysterics because yeah. it is a great, great movie. I haven't seen it. Ah, stop it. Well, you I haven't lived. Now, when it's of your era, there's no excuse. You know, it's not like 1960, <laughs> just to tell you. I'll it's, have to stay in the hotel and you'll have to... Yeah, my, my cousin yeah. Vinny. We'll, we'll watch it together. We have a cinema. Oh, lovely. We'll get popcorn and everything. We'll watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my cousin Vinny, yeah. Way okay. by miles. Lovely. The actor or actress that you always laugh at. Is there anyone you love to see in a movie? Oh, in a movie that's funny. Oh, Whippy Goldberg, she's very funny. Now, she's just funny in herself. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And she has a good... I'd say she laughs at herself all the time. So oh. I love people that are like that. She's just, a natural. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you a reader, Francis? Yeah, I do read. Yeah, I just finished, um, what do you call this book yesterday, you know, actually funny, Lethal White by um, Galbraith, who is J.K. Rowlandson in in real life, okay. And I ran, read, I just finished before that, Anne Griffin's, uh, oh, when all is said and done, oh, listen. Good. Now listen, if you want a nice book, okay. I just, and I met her because I was launching a book for a friend, Alison, who does all my typing because I can't type, I'd be, I'd be 12 months typing one word. <laughs> um, Alison, who does, uh, she's a great friend, she was launch, I was launching her book for her and Anne Griffin was there and I didn't know, I didn't, wouldn't know her now to look look at, but she came up to me and said to me, I've, I've got you a, pre- a present. And I said, oh, what's that? I said, I don't even know who she was. So she says, uh, and when she gave it to me, she says, oh, I said, I read it already. But I said, listen, I was just speaking about it yesterday to my sister, so I'll take it from you. Thank you. And I'll give the, which I gave it to my sister who loved it. Okay. <laughs> it's about an 84 year old man yeah. sitting on a stool in the West of Ireland, talking to his son in New York about life, about his mum, life and work and all the rest. And, Anyway, I won't say any more because it ends up with a big surprise. Okay. But it is such a beautifully written book. Did you laugh at all? Oh, yeah, there was funny parts. Oh, in it great. Too, yeah. Okay, oh, so that's was. your book. That's your book. Yeah. Okay, the comedian you always laugh at. Oh, Brendan Grace. Listen, I saw him on television the other night. I don't know. I came in from work late. It was like maybe a quarter past 11, half 11. I turned on the television and it was, you know, they have those re- re- a rerun. Now, it was 19. I'd say it was 19. 85 that it was filmed in because it was, he looked like he was a young fellow in it, right? Yeah. But he is funny. Now, yeah, I, I, great. I, my I, dad is a big fan. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Like he's funny, simple, Do you yeah. know, not funny, like complicated. I yeah. Mean, I heard a fellow on, there's a fellow on, he's actually on Vicar Street tonight, whoever he is. Oh, yeah. I heard him on the radio uh, and, and, and like he said something and that was meant to be a joke. And I, I spent 10 minutes trying to work it out. I didn't work it out yet. I'm thinking, well, I didn't get that. What was that all about? So that's too much for me. On a night out, you just want to be entertained. You're lucky that these podcasts aren't dated because if they did, people could figure out who you're talking about and that wouldn't be Did great. you notice I said tonight, but I didn't say what night <laughs> or good, where or good. who or what. You I, did say where, you said Vicar Street. And I do know the name. 
I do know the name. Oh, you do, oh you're playing dumb. But Very I'm not, good. Uh, yeah. You're a couple of steps ahead of Offend me, nobody. My father used to say, <laughs> my father was a grocer. You know, you're everybody's friend. Yeah. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Labour, Sinn Féin, everybody you like. Right. right. Because when you're in business, you can't afford to be, to be one way or the other. Exactly. Dead right. So. And finally, Francis Brennan. Finally, are we finished? Nearly. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, very much. What? <laughs> your worst joke. Or your best joke. What oh. any kind of joke. Can I tell you, I'm not a joke person. Ah, come on. At all. Hold on now. Oh no, that's an awful thing to ask me. My worst joke. No, I'm not going to, I won't get it now. You've none. No, because I I, I, I deal in real life rather than jokes. I hear Which you. is much better. Okay, well, do you know what? I'll let you off the hook with that then. Will if you? you were to give one piece of life advice yeah. to the younger generation, yeah. that generation who maybe yeah. are gone a bit soft, are kind of... Just a little bit yeah. sensitive yeah. and aren't the hardest workers or kind of get things a little bit easy. I'm not saying everyone does, yeah. but, you know, there people can be accused of that. What would you say to them? I'd say just to be yourself. OK, unfortunately today, now that thing started last night, Love Island. Now, listen, I'm not watching it, but you'd be the age that would be. I know. But are you proud of me that I'm not? I am. I can't believe it because I thought she'll probably be watching and she'll probably <laughs> give me a dirty look now. <laughs> I never saw it. I don't know what it's about, but I did see the ads or the the promos for it, right? I just mm. thought, oh my God, God help every one of them. Because you couldn't get on in life after being either on it or being part of it. And, you know, and none of them are themselves. They're all playing to the camera, I presume, yeah. right? And they're all, I don't know how it even works. I haven't a notion. It would be the last thing I'd watch. I'd prefer Mickey Mouse and, and Donald Duck on television than watching that. Because... And then people watch it and they think that's real. You know, that's sad that youngsters would be thinking that's the way I need to be. And, you know, so just be yourself and get on with life. And one final thing. Mm -hmm. Celebrity and being recognised. How do you deal with that? Um, Well, as I told you, I like to go away sometimes in January for a week where nobody knows me, which is good. All right. Um, Listen, my father used to say when you enlist, you have to soldier. So I choose to go on television. I choose to be there, okay? But sometimes, you know, it can be a flipping nuisance, yeah, right? And just because you do that, it doesn't mean that if you're out having coffee with a friend that you have to stand up and take 10 photographs. No. During I, the hour. I generally do now, to be honest. I know. But, but if I'm eating, I do say, can you just wait till I finish eating and I'll do it for you then? Yes. You know, and sometimes people, you know, another thing too, you know, I might meet somebody on the street that I either know or would be just talking to me because for, for whatever reason and you're chatting away to them and then somebody pulls you and they want to photograph that drives me mad because I like to say listen just wait a moment now yeah. when I'm finished here I'll come over to you alright mm. and uh, you know I always watch out for that but listen generally speaking people I w- are lovely I wouldn't say I have refused to photograph Ever. five times no five times okay. in, my, in my life to be honest because I'll do I, you know if, when people say you'll have a selfie just to tell you I don't do selfies <laughs> um, so uh, when people say they have a selfie I don't I, I'll do a million photographs no problem but I won't be doing a selfie Francis Brennan, I, I let you off the hook with the best joke, worst joke, and I got two extra tips out of you there at the end for life and how to deal with things. Yeah. So thank you for that. Oh, I enjoyed it. And thank you for sharing the laughs of your life. Thank you very much. And good luck on the radio. Thank you. You're well deserving of it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the laughs of your life. I hope you enjoyed it. If there's anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch. Tweet me at Theron Garrahy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review and all those other things. This podcast is recorded in collaborative studios. Hold up. 